Hey, it's time for Priority Pastor. Hi, thanks for joining me. This is Darren Ride. Welcome to Priority Pastor. Today we have part four of four of the message, Planning Your Year, which I preached recently in the church that I'm serving and basically laid out the biblical foundations for planning and some practical applications. It's not as in-depth or in detail as it would be for the pastor's training. I did have the same name, but it's kind of at a level that would be accessible to the congregation. It might give you some ideas of a series or a talk you could give sometime to the people you serve. Here we are, part four of four, planning your year. Well, if you've done some longer term thinking like that, the next practice, the next application is to do some daily and weekly planning. Here's something the Bible says about planning that's very important in James chapter 4. He's kind of rebuking people who like to plan here. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What's your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. So then if you know the good you ought to do and don't do it, you sin. What it's basically saying here is that if you're planning, it doesn't mean that every time you make a plan, you just kind of tag on the phrase, if the Lord wills. Plan, 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 if the Lord wills. It's not about just tagging on a phraseology. It means planning in light of your surrender to God. Lord, this is my plan. I want your plans to over, overrule these. I'm planning in light of what I think you want me to do. And I hold my plans with open hands because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I fully expect when my time on earth is done, there will have been plans I've made that will not be fulfilled. I fully expect that. But those plans are made with an open hand. Saying, Lord, as best as I can understand it, here's what you want me to do. I make these plans. Proverbs 19 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We make our plans, God does his thing. And I pray, I'm sure I've prayed it here, I pray it all the time in different contexts. Lord, we have our plans, you have your plans, we submit to your plans. Ultimately, we want your plans. It's just another way of praying, Your kingdom come, your will be done over our plans. Now, if you don't plan, here's what happens. These are the laws of unceased time from Gordon MacDonald, old classic book called Ordering Your, Pri- Ordering Your Private World. Unceased time, time that you haven't planned, this is what happens to it. It flows toward your weaknesses. In other words, you, you use your time doing things you're not good at. It comes under the influence of dominant people in your world. In other words, other people plan for you and tell you what to do and direct you, and you're kind of helpless. It surrenders to the demands of all emergencies, and emergencies should probably be in quote, all urgencies, things come along that seem so important that divert you from what's important, and they get invested in things that gain public acclamation. If we don't seize our time, that's often where our time goes. The details might be different for each one of us, but if we don't seize our time, it just flows away to things that in light of eternity don't really matter. Here's a scary thought. Most people trade what they want most for what they want today. Most people trade what they want most. For what they, I've got a sticky note above my 
above my desk at home. It says, don't trade what you want most for what you want today. Because that is the temptation. I want to get in shape, but I also want that butter tart. I want to save some money, but I also want that toy. I want to build a strong marriage, but there's a great show on. I want to, you know, really parent my kids actively, but I could sure use a nap right now. It's so easy to sacrifice what we want most for what we want today, for what we want right now. I just read this week, and I can't remember where I came across it, the concept that you're either sacrificing something right now for something you want in the future, or you're sacrificing something in the future for something you're doing right now. Sacrifice happens at one end or the other, and we can choose where that sacrifice happens. Planning breaks this pattern. Now, a lot of tools, a lot of methods. You can use 3x5 cards, computer programs, apps on your phone. That's not the point. It's not that important. The key is that you have a clear sense of direction, eternity, what God is calling you to in this lifetime, making all your plans and surrender to His will, that you have that direction, and you kind of have a way of figuring out what's most important any given day. Ultimately, it comes down to discerning day by day what is most important. Prioritization really is the key. That's where wisdom comes in. The book of Proverbs, right now, for the last couple months, I've been reading Proverbs. You know, Proverbs has 31 chapters, and so it's perfect. You read a chapter a day for a month. And I've been doing that for a few months now, just kind of immersing in Proverbs. And Proverbs is about wisdom. Wisdom for daily living. And it speaks a lot about this kind of planning, what's important, what's not important. Mark Twain said this. He said, before putting off until tomorrow something you could do today, take a good look at it. Maybe you can postpone it indefinitely. Strategic procrastination. Something should never get done. And one of the skills of planning and thinking, one of the skills of wisdom from Scripture is learning what to say no to and having the courage to say no to things that you should say no to. One more. One more application, one more thing to do. Author by the name of Sinclair Lewis, some of you know who that is. He was speaking one time to a group of college students planning their literary careers. He got up to speak. He said, how many of you want to be writers? They all raised their hands, took his notes, folded them up, put it in his pocket, said, go home and write. And he walked out. You learn to write by writing. You learn to swim by swimming. You learn to do by doing. And you can do your goal setting. You can do all your planning. But if you don't take action, you don't actually get anywhere. What I've discovered what I've discovered is that goal setting and planning can actually be a time waster. You can get so caught up in the planning, so caught up in the thinking, so caught up in the dreaming that you never actually get around to doing anything. But the important thing is to ultimately take action. Have you ever noticed how much you get done the day and the week before holidays? Do you know why that is? It was interesting. One day, one time we went on holidays and I bought a book at, brought a book with me actually. It was on this whole something to do with productivity and it talked about this principle of the week before holidays. Well, I'd just gone through that so I was able to kind of think back and analyze why I got so much done the week before holidays. Here's why. Number one, you're prioritizing ruthlessly. You're only doing what needs to get done. You're only doing what's absolutely essential to get done and if you're a perfectionist, like some of us are, you're okay with 80%. Good enough is good enough. So you know it's important, you're doing it good enough. The other thing that was very interesting, you're actually moving physically faster 
You're moving faster. You're walking faster between tasks. You're doing them faster. So you're focusing on fewer things, doing it faster. You get more done. That's why we get so much done before holidays. My conclusion was I need more holidays. Get a lot more done. I should, you know, one week, a month or something, you get an awful lot done in work. Maybe my next contract, I'll, I'll talk about that somewhere. Well, friends, at a bare minimum, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Here's an application in light of everything I've said this morning. I want to encourage you, again, in light of these biblical principles, eternity, what God is calling to you in your lifetime, what he's calling you to be, do, and have, and all those things, take some time the next two or three days, and if you haven't done this, just start to write out two or three, five lifetime goals. And again, the right framework is these things, if I achieve just these few things, my life will be a success. Boil it down to that level. If I can get this done, my life will be a success between now and the time I pass. Take some time to do that. And then I really want to encourage you, take 30 to 60 minutes of planning each week. You can do this. This can be prayer. I start every day by writing out a prayer. And my prayer is really praying over my day. And it's a time for my day to be rearranged. It's a time for me to say, here's my plans. But Lord, what do you want? That's, that's a, a, a part of playing. But taking 30 or 60 minutes, taking one hour out of 168 in a week to make the other 167 better, it's a great investment. It makes sense even in light of eternity. It makes sure you're heading in the right direction. Ephesians 5, Psalm 90 are the key passages. Make the most of your time. Redeem it. Buy it back. Capture it for what's important. Teach us the number of our days. Live in wisdom. Live in light of the truth of Scripture. Live in light of eternity. So the call this morning is to redeem our time, number our days, so we can get the right stuff done, maybe even get a lot done, but we can invest it and be prepared for eternity. The call is to live in that place of Psalm 23, where the Lord is your shepherd, and you lack nothing. You're in a place of peace, and you're in a place of rest, not just in eternity, but now, eternal life is defined as knowing God and knowing Jesus. It's a quality of life that begins now. It's a place of rest, knowing that you don't have to strive because he's taking care of everything and he's got your back. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you joining me. If you have any questions about this topic or want the entire audio in one piece, you are welcome to contact me, info at darrenride.com. That's info at D-A-R-E-N w-r-i-d-e dot com take care god bless and press on Mm